All right, class, settle down, settle down. Class is back in session for the Umbrella Pond Academy. I am your teacher. Back after a short break. <laughs> was just a little under the weather. I'm Alex. Ah, summer vacation. It's been a blast, but now we're back to school for the second half of this season. We planned on doing this the whole time. I'm the bad kid in the back of the class, and I've been dead the whole time. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 5, Kindest Cut. Now, if you haven't watched it, though, you probably have. Check it out on Netflix. But to give you a brief recap of what happens, the whole gang is trying to figure out what is going on in the aftermath of discovering the Kugel Blitz that is destroying the entire world. A lot of stuff happens this episode, but mainly that's kind of it. Like, they're trying to figure it out, and they're trying to figure out what to do next, and that's sort of the place everybody's in. Some big stuff goes down that I'm sure we're going to talk about, Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the episode, the stinger here, in case you're going back in your foggy memory to remember, is we we meet uh, Biker Pogo at the end of the episode. That's the cliffhanger, Uh so more on that to come. Pete had to be psyched about my oh, guy Pogo popping up. I mean, Pogo, who's uh, all tatted up, rocking the leather, uh, smoking the stoke, just kind of uh, living his best life over there. He is really living his best life. Um, and I thought, you know, I didn't miss him, but then mm-hmm. I saw him. So that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it it oh, was man. a little weird the way they framed that up with five. I don't remember the exact line, but being like, oh, I was wondering when we were going to see you. And to your point, Justin, I was like, I did not wonder that. But I do like Pogo and it's nice to see it back. Nice to see his tats. Yeah. want to see what's going yeah. on with it. It's nice to have a second career. He was a uh, monkey butler. Right. Mm-hmm. And then to get into maybe an art form he's been wanting to practice for years. Yeah. And to be clear, we don't know yet that he's not still a monkey butler, but a monkey butler for some bikers in this case. Yeah. yeah. I'm a huge fan, though. Like we I watched this episode and obviously we took a little break and I went to the zoo and had monkeys tattoo all over my body. So uh, <laughs> smart. That's a smart thing. to do. It didn't you go as well ma- as in the show. You went to monkey tattoo days? Yeah, oh, what oh, a fun man. promotion at the zoo. TV is packed. It was packed. A lot of well, people thought they were tattooing monkey. It was like a flip, but it was no, no the monkeys are tattooing you. Yeah, so exactly. I, I don't want to get into the rough stuff immediately, but I kind of want to get into the rough stuff immediately. Uh, come on, man. There was so much great stuff about this there episode. There was so much great stuff, but when I was going Find back out at- a lot. You do find out a lot of information. The big deal with this episode, to be frank about it, is this is the episode where Allison assaults Luther, right? So Yeah, there's that. (laughs) Yup. There sure is that. I mean, I I feel like that's my big main takeaway from the episode. So in case you don't remember... Allison is pretty pissed off about everything that's going on with these alternate timelines. She's presented with the fact uh, from Five and Lila that even the the briefcases that travel through time are broken and not working, which makes her even more infuriated and frustrated. She's been going out and fighting with going to fight next, clubs, going to fight clubs with Diego. Um, so drunk. she's pretty pissed off. Yeah. And getting wasted. And towards the end of the episode, Luther comes and talks to her. They have a little bit of a moment. He backs off and says, I got to go see Sloan. Mm-hmm. And she blows a gasket and rumors him 
to be with her. Well, I think it's, yeah. I mean, when you wake up in the morning and then immediately start drinking, like you're not doing good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you're well, like, you're, not, you're not an excuse. I don't, I'm not saying it's an excuse. Hold on. Well, yeah. no, no, I'm just, saying it's no, I just want to like seriously in a dark talk about this. It's, yes. She's in a she's dark place. A horrible yes. place. A horrible, dark place. It's not like, well, whatever. It's horrible. There's no, but well, I was just like, oh man, she is. And I think that Pete, I think Pete's saying it's a warning sign, and I yeah. think it is awful. And that scene is uh, like it was awful to watch, yeah. um, especially in relation to like their their history. Uh, Luther sort of like finally feels like he's of all of them, like settling into a, a comfortable place, and then she does this to him. But but it's indicative of the way these characters treat each other. They don't care about each other in the right way mm-hmm. they uh do that like kids with like a kid who breaks uh like a a, a vase or something they just don't know what to do they, they can't deal with their emotions in the, the right way so they always do it in the wrong way and th- the only thing with this is this feels like it's crossing a line for mm-hmm. the show in a way for the characters and i'm very curious how they're going to sort of reset the tone back to this sort of like uh wonky um like offbeat superhero show uh, mm. after something like this happens yeah I, I mean that's the main reason i wanted to talk about it is i agree with you in terms of it crossing a line it goes too far i feel like obviously it depends on what they do with it going forward but it definitely feels like it breaks the character of allison in a way you know there are depths you can go yeah. to I do think the way both actors played it was very good. Yeah. Uh, they did a really good job there. Um, back for my day job, I had talked to both about it, them about it, and apparently there was a little less on the page and a little more in terms of how they blocked it and figured it out and worked with the director to make sure everybody was mm. comfortable on set and with each other and how they were doing it and what they were willing to do and how far they were willing to go. So in terms of that, I do think they captured that properly. But just in terms of the plot of the show, Allison sexually assaulted Luther. There's no going back from that. You know, that happened. So it's, it's a tough hill for them to climb back on, uh, particularly for that character. Uh, And I understand making her dark and I understand bringing her to this dark place and really, letting Emmy Raver Lampin, who's great actress, explore the dark sides of character. Um, but like you're saying, Justin, in terms of mostly this being like, hey, this is a fun show that goes to some dark places sometimes. Uh, that's yeah. a very real dark place. And like you're saying, it's going to be hard to sort of see this character. Like, cause we get a, a scene basically right after that, where uh, she's back just doing the rest of the stuff. Uh, like that she takes Harlan, right? And then like the team sort of all talk to each other. And like, I think a lot of um, assaulters, like they're given the, they're allowed to go back to their lives and it's on the p- person who was assaulted is the one left to deal with it. And that literally happens here almost immediately. So yeah, I, it's going to be hard I, to when they confront, I'm assuming they'll have some sort of confrontation about this. I haven't watched ahead mm-hmm. um, and, and, and talk about it or something. Because if if this is just the way it's treated in this episode where it happens and then the show moves on, that would feel crazy to me. 
I'm hoping with you know a show that has time travel that maybe they can take it back or something. But I don't know, man. That was I, don't I think was that's really surprised. When yeah. That, well, uh, sorry. I, I just want to say as well, just because I, I think it's important to be very careful when you're talking about this stuff. And I'm not saying you're being uncareful. I'm just talking to our listeners directly about this. I think it would also be irresponsible to wipe it away with time travel, you know, because we're we're past the Rubicon here. This is a thing that happened. Like Justin's saying, I do think we need to deal with it. And like you're saying, Pete, there are options in a sci-fi world in terms of how you move forward. But I do worry this irreparably damages this character. And one little last asterisk that I want to put there that I, I think I touched on before, but just in case not, just to drive it home, I think you are allowed to make characters dark and you are allowed yeah. to make characters make poor slash terrible character breaking decisions, but it's all in how you deal with it going forward. So, sorry. Yeah. And we've talked about I, this. I just on, wanted to be uh, careful about this stuff. Well, but I, to Pete's point, I do think that's from a storytelling perspective. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting choice. If Allison is like, I'll just undo this with time travel, but it doesn't undo that. She did it. Even yeah. if Luther doesn't, if the act doesn't happen or Luther doesn't know that it happened, she will know. Yeah. And so that's that's an interesting takeaway from this. And then it becomes a thing where she I undid it. I'll, I'm fine. It didn't happen. She it's happened to in her head as the assaulter. And she will continue to spiral downward after that, I would assume. Yeah. And then the other question is, what does it do to Luther? Like, I don't necessarily want to see Luther going forward grappling with what this means, but it's also unrealistic if it doesn't impact him in any way, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we shall see. Why don't we move on and talk about some more fun stuff, Pete, since I know that's where you wanted to go. Should we talk about Klaus? That was a fun plot line. I mean, it was, we got to see a lot of classic Klaus, which was nice. Um, you know, just him and his mom kind of seeing, uh, was a lot of fun you know, his kind of realization that like, oh, wait, I really did die all those times was kind of a crazy uh, thing. And then I thought I liked how also like they're all hanging out at the bar and Klaus is like, oh, yeah, I know that uh, that thing is. Yeah, that giant uh, cheese ball lava thing that's uh, killing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. so it was when people are together on the team and actually talking, they can accomplish so much and put things together, but it's just the frustrating thing of like them being so horrible to each other all the time. Klaus is usually on his own. He doesn't have his, uh, his guy, Ben to um, be his uh, ghost. Evil Ben is also tough to watch right now. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be, well, I mean, maybe he's going to come around. It feels like um, that would be nice. They are going to go to the umbrellas for help on the Ben department. Uh, but the Klaus stuff, he sort of t- tends to walk alone uh, in a lot of this these seasons. Um, but I like this little journey. He's died multiple times, sort of mm-hmm. opens up his power set a little bit, which is cool. And um, I love the idea that he just didn't realize. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> oh, shit, I have died all these times. Mm-hmm. Uh that's that was a fun his, fun way. Yeah, to his play definition it. of like I thought I was a Looney Tunes character that was hysterical. Yeah, it's true. Though. I, I wrote down uh, the line. I thought I was one of those lovable rascally Looney Tunes <laughs> cartoon characters. Very funny. Yeah, Justin, you're totally right. It's like straight up. Yes, that is class. Absolutely. And, yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. 
me too. It is weird that he didn't realize it. It. I don't know if you guys watched the show Misfits that Robert Sheehan was on. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he, if I remember correctly, he doesn't think he has powers for like the first season and that it's revealed at the end of the first season that his power is immortality and that he can keep dying and coming back. So it's weird that they're doing that again with him, but I'm not mad. <laughs> starting to make me think that he just is that way. They're yeah. like, you know, every actor has a secret, you know, weapon, mm-hmm. and maybe his is true. Wait, I'm sorry. Every actor has a secret weapon. Yeah, mine's yeah. a sword. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert Sheehan is a real triple threat. He can sing. He can dance. He can come back from death. Nice. Yeah, that's just and it's hard to re-keep writing it into the show, but I think they've done a great job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just love the opening shot of Klaus like on the ground, but also like a lot of ground on him. Like it was just this kind of hysterical, classic kind of Klaus moment. And I was glad we got to get a little extra Klaus, you know, in a tough episode. It was nice to have well, it. It tied nicely into the Diego Stad storyline as well, like we mentioned, uh, just uh just emotionally paying it off there, but also in a funny way. I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, Diego, really, this is a real winning episode for our guy, Diego. Huh? Yeah. He's the guy who's always up. sad, but he's the only, he, it feels like he's the one who is just literally maintaining his spot and things getting slightly better. If we were to graph all of the umbrellas, <laughs> he's the only one on the up. Yeah, he's got his son. Klaus comes back to life so he doesn't have to destroy the body. He bones down with Lila in the hotel room and the buffalo room. And that's the way we talk about sex. We say bones down. (laughs) (laughs) It's like uh, you guys don't refer to it that way. You don't say time to bone down in the buffalo room. When I was um, in high school, we always had bones down education class is where I sort of learned how it worked. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that's well, what, you know the, well the gym now, teacher. Mr. Tyler, let's talk about boning down. <laughs> yeah, when a when a man bones down with a oh, woman. Oh my God, what is happening in the Buffalo Room? <laughs> yeah, sometimes a shining door opens up between them, and well, that's that's, a, lo- that's love. That's the kind of thing that drives me a little crazy about Klaus, though, is that like if I was eating some kind of meat soup and then a it formed into a buffalo, maybe I would kind of look into that a little bit. But it seems like he hasn't really thought about it at all. Real quick, what would you call a meat soup? Oh, a yeah. stew? <laughs> <laughs> nope, meat soup. Yep. The meat soup. Yeah, isn't, a- <laughs> isn't life just one big meat soup where you're just bones and down with different people, oh, different man. other meats? I'm just trying to get away from Bone Town, but I guess. Well, well, don't, don't bring up meat stew. Don't bring up meat soup. Which is what I took up meat soup education class in college and finally understood what sex was. Mr. Tyler, good to see you again for the second part of our instruction now that you're a couple of years older. Well, when one meat soup wants right. to touch okay. another meat soup, we call that boating down in the Buffalo Room. <laughs> I was like, trying to take notes, just like. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what sex is. So, real quick to get off this topic, if you were in heaven, what kind of soup would you want? Pete, go ahead. Oh, great call. Oh man, I would. I'd probably go with uh, a tomato. You know, with some nice bread to dip it in. You know what I mean? Maybe tomato grilled- is your heaven soup. <laughs> Well, with a little grilled cheese, though, you know what I mean? Like a perfect okay, tomato. That's a, that's a meal. We're just talking about the soup. We're talking uh, about soup. No sides, sir. No sides, Pete. No sides. <laughs> it's, a, it's a heaven soup question. Come on, Pete. <laughs> Haven't you read that book from back in the day? It was so popular. There are no sides in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> That's the part of the Bible I refuse to read. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling no matter what soup I'm going to mention, you guys are going to be like, no, that's ridiculous. Soup, I think is fine. Like, that's a very, that's a comfort no. soup. No? Justin? It's just a, not, there's not a lot going on in the tomato what would soup. You, what would you go with, the gumbo? Nah, it's too much going on. That's a hell soup. Gumbo? <laughs> <laughs> that's where you get good gumbo. No, you that's the one good thing about on. hell. <laughs> it's just everything. Gumbo, they're like, throw it in, throw it in, throw yeah. it in. Well, there are yeah. ads under my fingernails, but the gumbo's good. Gumbo's good. Uh, you can find an old boot in the gumbo if you look hard <laughs> enough. I, one this star, is no good surprise. Gumbo. Uh, New England clam chowder. <laughs> oh, your all right. Jesus. What about you, Alex? You're sitting there up on your high soup soapbox. No, I'm trying to figure out how much we're allowed to have in the soup. Um, Gosh. How much we're allowed to have in the soup? Well, because apparently apparently a a gumbo is too much. Clam chowder is the right amount of soup for Justin. 100%. The gatekeeper of heaven soup. Um, Because when I was a kid, I always loved having pasta fagiola, the... the, uh, it's, I think it's pronounced fa- pasta vajoule. Pasta vajoule? Okay. Yeah. I always used to love having that, but I haven't had that in a while. I feel like a good chicken soup, you just can't beat it. Um, mm, though I do okay. like Italian wedding soup. Oh, oh. Wow. You those tiny little Italian. meatballs in it. Yeah, the yeah, tiny You like it because it's nice. like, I like, I like Italian um, uh, <laughs> wedding night soup, where everything sort of fucks <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh that's where you get, that's the buffalo meat soup. Oh my yeah, God. it's where it's a, it's made with a, a consomme. They consummate the marriage. All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> That's it. End on a high note, right? <laughs> End on this high note. The soup soup show we're talking about the meat soup. Yeah. Oh, to take a big step back, I did want to mention I really like the scene of Five and Klaus just drinking and chatting about uh, like Klaus specifically tried to uh, connect with him, being like, "Oh yeah, we both have seen our dead bodies. Isn't that great?" Very fun. And just pushing yep. this relationship that makes no sense over the course of the season has been very enjoyable. Them talking over each other, too, like the way they were doing that. Just the, uh, what a cheers. He goes, salute, and he goes, up your butt. Like, it's just hysterical, man. Um, I do think, like, these small moments may be where yeah. this season turns and the team can sort of get their shit together. We've reached a very low point with Allison here, but it does feel like maybe they're starting to connect in the very basic ways the other characters. Let's talk about the Sparrows a little bit because that's kind of off on the side. We got Ben and Faye, right, who are trying to work with Mom to figure out what's going on in the Kugel Blitz. They send their eye in there. I'll tell you why. When in doubt, throw somebody's eye in there. Exactly. I still don't know what's going on with Mom. It doesn't seem to actually connect to anything that's going on in this season, even though the dialogue is fun. Sometimes people have weird moms. I don't know what your deal is. Well, and I think... That's true. Uh, but the mom, the moms feel like they're actual moms. Um, the characters first moms, I guess you could say, are going to be a big thing. I think there's a big reveal coming. We have the the mothers of agony. I feel like this biker gang is maybe uh, started uh, because of their moms or by their moms. Something's going to happen here. It's an all mom maybe, biker gang. Yeah, it's badass, oh, right? Man, that's badass. Yeah. They just, they go to a bar and order breast milk all the time. What? <laughs> what? That's a badass biker game. What? What did you just do? Uh, I, I didn't do just, it. just real quick, let's stay here for a second. So it's a mob biker gang that goes to the bar and orders breast milk? 
But that's what you that's what you're going they're not yeah, babies. Like they're they're moms. They're not babies. I don't know. So I don't know you... if I'm in charge of this, but you're not allowed to be gatekeeper of Super Heaven anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Been taken I, away I, from you. Yes. Well, you can't take away. Oh, you're gonna take over did. with your wedding soup? Wedding sure. soup's delicious. Tiny meatballs. Yeah. Tiny meatballs are the soup. Yeah. They keep a bottle of breast milk behind the bar for the moms. That's what I'm saying. To do what? Well, moms gone. don't drink <laughs> breast milk. What That's why it's badass. That's why it's badass. What? Um, I don't know, you guys is, have never been to a mom bar. <laughs> what is going on in your head that you think moms drink their own hey, milk? Hey, maybe we should move on to some other plot points. <laughs> but, well, so what I was saying, though, yeah, yeah, what I was saying, ahead. though, with the uh, mothers of agony. Just drinking milk? What is going on? Uh, no, they drink their own. They each have separate bottles behind the bar. I'll explain yeah. to you. And I'll, I'm opening a small chain of um, a mom bike. It's bar, not so going to do out. well. That is a horrible idea. <laughs> uh, we have quite <laughs> a business plan. Hey, Pete. Have quite a business plan. I'm just doing a little visual bit for your uh, <laughs> podcast for Pete. Yeah, Pete we'll, we'll, we'll post that, post a still <laughs> of that along with the podcast. What's going on? I, what, what I'm trying you? to say is it may double back because um, Robot Breast Mom. milk? Yeah. Robot Mom, you really caught up on this. Yeah. Robot Mom, I feel like she was the early adopter with the Google Blitz. She's like fully on board. I think maybe that'll all come together and that this whole season might be about moms. Yeah, I, I think that's actually probably a very good call. They obviously are pushing that very hard. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum, though, and talk about Victor and Harlan's relationship, which does have to do with moms. But the fact the revelation that Harlan killed everybody's moms accidentally, mind you. Didn't mean to do yeah. it. Uh, and so Victor is trying to repair the situation by sneaking Harlan out and retake the portion of Victor's power that was given to Harlan. But, of course, the family isn't having it to the point that they want to straight up kill Harlan, which is pretty yeah. messed up, I think. Well, there, there's a lot going on. But first off, like, I, it was just a little crazy to me if Victor, uh, Harlan was like, you know, we thought you would come back. Like, your mom promised you would come back. Like, and she was just kind of like, Oh, sorry. I was just like, come on, give give Harlan a little bit more than that. Like to say, say I wanted to or I wish I could. I traveled in time. My life's kind of crazy. Like, well, uh, and plus, like that just that just happened. For yeah. Victor, like a couple like days. Right. Aren't we talking all three seasons of Umbrella Academy happened over the course of like a couple yeah, weeks? Well, as usual with the show, one of its biggest faults, to be frank, is people just not saying stuff. You know, yeah. in, a, in a, I understand people don't say things in real lives, you know, that there are things that they hold back, but there's yeah, a certain they might sense say something of, about like breast milk that makes no sense. No, we say whatever we want. We're we very, say we're very, open we're free. Yeah. The, uh, this show is often characterized by people purposefully not saying information in order to further the plot of the show, which is. Yeah. Annoying. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it makes sense in terms of they're a family that fights. But particularly in this episode, this is one of those episodes where it feels like everybody comes in and there is a world destroying plot and they just veer off immediately, which maybe to some people is a, a feature of the show instead of a bug. But to me, it still bugs me. Ooh, a bug that bugs you. Yeah. Um, bug. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. It's sort of like. All these, all these things could be solved with like a series of conversations where all the characters just like work out their shit, um, yeah. and and they don't do it. And they're good at. I think the show is good at sort of surprising us in different ways. They fuck that up, um, and they actually are starting to talk at this like 
Victor and Harlan have a lot of scenes together where they are like sort of connecting a little bit, talking about mistakes in the past and all of that. Um, I, I wish they actually made more of the fact that for to Victor, this just happened and mm-hmm. he was just there <laughs> with, with the, the sissy, the, the, the sissy and, and yeah. Har- the young Harlan. Um, because I think that's a good sort of reason why like, Hey, I can't deal with this. It just happened. And now I'm here and there's all this other stuff happening that yeah. makes sense, but they don't ever do that. All the characters are a little too cool for school all the time. Um, and I say that in the podcademy, uh, so that they, ne- they don't ever, uh, get to sort of face things in a real way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think to go back to season two a little bit, one of the things that I really liked about that season that I remember us talking about was less than halfway through the season, they got past that. Like they all had the conversation that they needed to have. And they're like, okay, fine. We're all going to go off on our separate side missions and do these things. Right. And we're going to keep checking back in with each other because, and we are going to fight and we are going to bicker because we're a family and that's the idea of the show, but we're also going to do this stuff. So, and we're going to move forward and we're going to try to figure out this problem together, though in different and sometimes contradictory ways here. Maybe it is a function of the fact that it's only been a dub- couple of days for them. They've already stopped two apocalypses and now here they're presented with a third one. I think we get that best with five, who is basically like, oh, my God, why does it please, please? I just need like a second yeah. to breathe. But the rest of the characters seem to be in total avoidance mode most of the time. And I don't know. We broke out of that. I, I just want more of without... They don't need to say it out loud and explicate it, but I do think there needs to be a little more recognition of that, like you're saying, Justin. Potentially. What other moments from the episode do you guys want to call out? I I just want to call out the emotional uh, roller coaster of watching Teen Klaus for the first time, being like, oh, look, it's Teen Klaus. And was like, Mm -hmm. oh, we haven't seen this age. Oh, and then he immediately dies. And it was just like, oh, my God. Um, What do you think about the relationship between Luther and Sloan? We only get a little bit of that, but I do think... Contrary to what we've been talking about earlier on with Luther and Allison, this does seem like a really nice, settled relationship. Even for I this think they're bit. a match. It's I great. Think they're a match. I'm yeah. enjoying. I'm it. just. I'm just wondering how it's going to go uh, with Luther if he's going to open up to her or what's going to happen with that. hundred uh, percent. And I'm wondering if when they reset the time stream, Sloan will cease to exist. So there's a lot of problems oh, potentially man. coming um, with this relationship, but. Luther, like we've talked about, the transformation of him from season one as like the sort of cap, like failing Captain America to this like goofball who's always, uh, you know, hard on his sleeve. I love his arc across the board. Tough things happen to him in this episode, uh, but I hope he will be able to move past the trauma of what happened with he and Allison and find uh, find this relationship and work it out and actually get the romantic ending that I think he's earned over the course of Well, his to that story. point, I think they're starting to find the right balance for him, right? Between actually yeah. being heroic, actually like matching his body size kind of, and then also being a goofball at the same time and being a dumb lunk. But, you know, he – I disagree with killing people. I don't love that in superhero shows, but – at the same time, he is that scene where he's facing down Victor. 
He's very definitive about the stuff. I think that's the first time we've yeah. seen him in any way actually be the leader of the team as close to the, as they are to a team. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with hanging out with the Sparrow Academy, hanging out with Sloan, and getting this positive affirmation of, no, you actually do have power, dude. The mood is cool. Your family are jerks. And yeah. you are not the worthless also- thing you've been told. He also had that line uh, to Victor at the end. He was like, thanks for ruining everything again. And I was like, ooh, ooh, that yeah. one stings. Yeah. I don't know if I it's do totally think... Victor's fault this time, though. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm Victor sure. feels like he's doing sort of the work, mm-hmm. uh, trying to manage everything. And that, that gets back to what this, this episode's the kindest, called The Kindest Cut. The Kindest Cut wins um, doing sort of the least damage and Luther's like saving the world means making the harder calls. Um, and I think Victor's not capable of doing that right now. Maybe he will be going forward, but I do think it makes, it puts Luther, like we're saying into the prime position. And this may, this season may be Luther's hero, real hero journey. But what was stuff was Victor just said, let's, you know, Harlan was like, let's try to do this together. And then Victor's like, all right, well, I'm going to just ship you off. And I was just kind of like, oh man, mm. Well, we'll definitely see what happens. Before we wrap up here, who gets top marks this episode? Pete, who gets top marks? <sighs> um, I want to say the Kugel Blitz, but I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Klaus. Uh, mm-hmm. I just... Uh, it was a, We got to see meet Mom and hang out and have some menudo. So, you know, it was just... Uh, it was a nice time at the beach while it lasted. I'm going to throw it out to Klaus as well. Uh, Just a great Klaus episode. Always good to see him. He always funny. Um, I just had a good time watching this episode. What about you, Justin? Uh, I want to give it up to uh, two people. I want to say to the uh, the music supervisor for this show, always crushes it. Great music throughout. The end of the episode, there's some great music. Um, but then in the show, I want to give it up for to Diego. Diego, uh, always sort of a weird spot on the show, a little bit on the outside, a little brooding, always trying something and getting wrecked for it. Finally, had he's sort of sliding into a little bit more of like a funny comedic role in this dad, may I say sexy dad uh, situation. And then he uh, maybe gets his um, relationship back on the rails, at least temporarily. Uh, for a sec, so shout out to him. All right, there you go. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Umbrella Academy. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the Mama Biker Milk Bar. Milky oh, Milky, my God. Oh, why would you I say said a, that? No, I said a bar with the best milk. That's what uh, I meant. I meant to say a bar with the okay. best milk. Okay. The best milk. Because that wouldn't make sense. The best milk uh, for soups. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs>